This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. I'm Bargasso, and you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 176 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Do you know it's August? It is. And that, I know what that means. What does that mean? It means we are getting so close, so close to, to our first run outside the state of Florida in a year and a half. Yeah. Close to well, a year and a half. I, uh, the, what was the last one that we ran outside the state of Florida? It's been so long, I don't even remember. It might have been, was it Jeff's race in Atlanta? In yeah, because Donna's Jacksonville. That's right. right. And then we had the Fort Lauderdale half. Our last race outside the state of Florida was, was Atlanta 2019. Ooh. Wow. And yes, for those of you that have been listening along, we are, are going to be venturing out of the state of Florida a little bit later this month, returning to, of all places, because if you're going to go big, go big. Go big. To the Anchorage Run Fest. Yes. Up in Anchorage, Alaska. Doing oh. a new uh, a race that we haven't done before at that weekend. Yes, yes. It's, it's familiar yet different we're doing the one miler again but then we're doing the 5k well i consider that one miler a bit of a fun run yeah and a nice introduction to that weekend mm-hmm. and that's why this week and last week we had i, I believe last week we also had bart yeah so introduced didn't we have marco or was it marco time? we've had we've we've been bouncing back and forth between marco and bart because I got to go back and listen to 175 because I can't remember. I'm sleep deprived. I'm tired. It's the 75 heart challenge. <laughs> I can't. We're in a perpetual state of exhaustion I'm right now. <laughs> but it's less than 15 days to go. But yes, Marco and Bart, we've been bouncing around them introducing the show because from what we read from all the emails on the Anchorage, from the Anchorage Run Fest, they will be at the pasta luncheon, the pasta feed, whatever it is that they're calling it. The, the uh, race party at the uh, expo so you can carb up. Yes. The carb-loading lunch. The carb-loading lunch will feature Bart and Marco will be there as well. Oh, fantastic. So, I'm so excited. This is uh, going to be so much fun. Like Marco is, he, he, he lives in Orlando, but... We are going to see him for the first time since all of this started. Yeah. Back where we met him originally. Yeah, we're going an awfully long distance to meet a guy who lives three hours up the road. I'm just saying. We could, yeah. 
Anyway. The good news is we can catch up on all of our sleep since we're so tired on like the 14-hour plane ride. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's actually, I'm just, I, it's actually not quite that bad. I don't think we're going to catch up on sleep. I can't sleep on a plane, can you? Oh, I think I can after the 75 hard challenge. I'm well, pretty confident we'll I can sleep standing up. <laughs> Give me a couple of minutes, I'll sleep while we're podcasting. No, I need... I need my co-host to record episode 176, which features a Metal Chasers virtual, really cool anti-hero that you are very into. Oh, I really am. This this week's metal is is this week's metal is very metal. I love it. I and mean, I'm not that into the vampire kind of story and and that's where amy just gave it away that's okay we're gonna be talking about it anyway this week's anti-hero theme for the race is blade brought to life on screen by none other than wesley snipes and this was i think when you get to talking about uh superhero movies this is one of those that is because of the time that's passed, it gets overlooked a little bit, yes. especially with the the new resurgence of Marvel movies. But it's one that I think is very important. We'll we'll nerd out a little bit about that when we get to talking about the race specifically. I will let you nerd out. Okay. <laughs> but I want to reminisce about the food we had in Orlando. Yeah, and I'm I'm a breakfast brunch yeah. kind of guy, uh, and and it sounds weird to say that, but I just, it's, if you're having a vacation, if you're having a runcation, mm. wherever you're at, mm. try to take a day or one of your days and make it a, a lazy late morning where you have a, a brunch and just mm. take your time. Mm. It's so worth it. And we did that. We did at Ale and Compass. So we'll look at that breakfast slash brunch. And that's one of the uh, from when we traveled up to do one of our recent Disney summer series, five mm. K virtual runs. Yeah, so we'll flash back to that, and we will end the show in the drink portion with some brunch inspired mocktail recipes from the Run Eat Drink Podcast Test Kitchen. Yes, we're going to actually put some arrows in your quiver so that you can have your choice of appropriately flavored brunch cocktail mm-hmm. sands the alcohol mm. if you so desire. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Yay. So let's talk running. Oh yes. Or wait, yeah. before we even do that, mm-hmm. give us a training update. How you feeling? Me? First I have to shout out running through Wonderland Jen on her five mile race on Sunday. She posted footage and it of her crossing the finish line, feeling good Strong pictures, love that. Want to send some love and support out to JoJo, who is going through a stint of not being able to run. JoJo oh. is positively probably one on Instagram. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, these, the runners in the Runcation Nation community are so inspiring and have supported us through injury, have celebrated our successes so i i felt the need to shout out those two ladies nobody else messaged me anything for the shout outs so specifically yeah and and by the way we have had so many people join 
the Facebook page mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. I want we'd be remiss if we didn't say welcome to all of our new members mm. of the Runcation Nation Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Those of you who are following the Run Eat Drink podcast on Facebook, the Facebook page, there's also a group. Mm-hmm. You, I, I think I've got it set up where you get the auto invite to join now. Yeah. So if you haven't joined, please do go over. It It asks you like one question just to make sure that you're not a robot <laughs> and uh, come on in. And whether you are in that group or not, as long as you're listening to the show, we consider you part of the Runcation Nation. Nation. Yes. And we celebrate you. And that's what Amy's talking about. If you've right. got a race that's coming up, if you've got some training that's going on, if you're, you're trying to get over a hurdle or something, shoot us a message, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, or our email at info at runeatdrink.net. Let us know what's going on so we can shout you out on an upcoming episode. Yes. Celebrate and support the members of our Runcation Nation. So I just had to say that and shout out those two ladies because I know how hard it is not to run when you want to, train when you want to. Oh, yeah. And that is a mental challenge. That one actually, it it not only affects you physically because you can't because you love it, run. you want to do it. But it, it, it is a double whammy mm-hmm. emotionally to your, your spirit. Yes. And no, no stronger do I remember and recall that emotion than the Donna Virtual this past year, where we had 41 of you out there doing those races and those runs and just killing it. And you crossing the virtual finish line, the, the chalk finish line, in our neighborhood for your half. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to be, it was so hard not to do it. So I, I feel that, but I also feel the joy for Jen about crossing a, a finish line, feeling strong, doing better than you realized you were going to do even. Oh, absolutely. And just, and putting it out there on social media for celebration. So, yay, ladies. Absolutely. Tell us more. Yes. Mm. Message us with what we should be shouting you out for. Mm -hmm. Runners, walkers, we want to know. So My update, yes. Your update. I know. I diverted the conversation. Now, we can circle back to, I, I am continuing to up my cadence drills and acceleration gliders like we talked about in depth last week. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's feeling pretty good so far. We I've been feeling a little bit of IT band irritation, so I've been doing some yoga programs focused on strengthening muscles in the legs and hips and area in the lower body. And also utilizing tools like the BFF massager, like the foam roller. <laughs> the, 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 I was going to say more like the, you call it a tool. I think of it more as a medieval torture device. Exactly. But the foam roller, that thing does work. But you've also got a couple of others. you got mm-hmm. a, a yoga wheel. I do. And that's for your back. Mm-hmm. It do, you can do other exercises that, okay. will, that will target other parts of the body. But when people see the yoga wheel, they most likely think about somebody working out any kind of tightness or tension in their in the 
upper and lower back. I know when I I tried it out, it was like setting off a string of firecrackers as that thing let my spine relax and yeah. Oh, that thing's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And then you're also trying out a new massager called mm-hmm. the Theragun Mini, Mini, like a travel version. Yes. So you're trying that out. I'm trying that out, and I will report back. Okay. But. Not a sponsor of the not show. Not a sponsor of the show. Exactly. Although, you knew exactly where I was going to go with that. Although, hey, Theragun, give us a call. Yeah. Just kidding. 941. Not really. 677-2733. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. So, at any rate, yes, I'm trying out new tools. I'm trying to stay under the threshold of irritation like Jeff talks about in the emails that we've had back and forth. Jeff, Jeff Galloway, for anybody who's new to the podcast, is my coach. And we do e-coaching, email coaching back and forth. Although he's, he's so good. And it, although he is continuing to recover from his recent health scare with the heart attack, mm-hmm. he is so focused on helping the running community as he recovers. So... He is very responsive, and he says, up those cadence drills, up those acceleration gliders. And again, for people who are new to the show, we use the Galloway run-walk-run method, and those cadence drills and acceleration gliders are drills that you can do Mm -hmm. to increase your your rate, of your pace, as well as smooth out your transition between the running and walking phase. And we Mm -hmm. actually talk about those a good bit on a couple of different episodes. If you just go on to runeatdrink.net, scroll to the bottom and search, yes. you can find uh, some of our some of our previous podcasts where we talk about that. Some of our earliest quick bites are of a video of Jeff talking about those drills. That's true. Yeah, we yeah. actually got to sit down with the man and mm-hmm. uh, he kind of walked through some of that. Yeah, so, so it's Jeff Galloway. He's an Olympian. He's America's coach and we have used his method successfully and continue to do Absolutely. So let's talk about the run itself. Yeah. I don't know really where to begin. We have, of course... I mean, you didn't even give a training update. My training update, I can give one. (laughs) I'm actually working around what I either think is some raging tendonitis, some, some oddly placed plantar fasciitis, or hopefully not a uh, compression fracture in my left heel. You should go to the doctor. I probably should, and I will if it doesn't get better after the 75 hard challenge. So in the meantime, I I have uh, pain not in the bottom of the heel, but at the base of my heel where the Achilles tendon connects. And that's where the the, the pain is. It is worse if I'm off of it for any length of time, but Mm. once I get up and get moving, it, it ends up... Which is why you out. liken it to plantar fasciitis. Reminds me very much of a case of plantar, but normally plantar is on the, the bottom of the foot, on the plantar fascia. And you feel it in the middle of the foot as you get up every morning because you've been off of it. It, it tightens up. Right. That's not what I'm foot. having, though. So it's, it's But it cross, reminds me of that. It's a cross between a couple of things happening. But yes, go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kids. Is the don't point. Uh, uh, don't be like me in this respect. I am just gonna. T- I'm toughing it out for the next fourteen days, and then we'll. Mm-hmm. See, uh, and then after I, I rest my foot for a few days, we'll see how it goes. Oh boy. Yeah. Yes. But my so my training has really been. I've still been doing two a day run walks. Mm-hmm. 
and I've been doing them, trying to get them done early in the morning or late at night. Last week when I was not here for mm. recording, that was because I was traveling for work. I was still doing my two-a-days, yeah. even, even there, and up, up in Daytona, and it was it was warm and muggy and exactly like running anywhere else in florida it's it's uh, this time of year it's just brutal well, we've got members of the runcation nation that have that exact same type of thing going on like alabama louisiana it is, and then we have because our podcast is international i hear it gets a little warm up in nova scotia too but she's been reporting beautiful weather randomly has been reporting beautiful weather so so yeah, I I want that weather. It's not coming anytime soon. I can commiserate with other members of the Runcation Nation too. Yes. So, yeah, and should we go ahead? Just okay. Weather bell ding, and now okay. and now Amy's got ninety pounds of dog in her lap because he doesn't like the bell. No. <laughs> Love you. That's my training update. I'm 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 progressing with it. I'm trying to mitigate the issues. I, I I'm. Don't really have a lot of a, a problem uh, except for the first few minutes once I, I wake up in the morning or if I'm seated for any real length of time. Yeah. While I'm out on the run, once I've gotten up and gotten moving, I'm fine. It's mm-hmm. not impeding my ability to, to do intervals. It's not impeding my pace in any way, which is nice. So, And you don't uh, feel like it's making it worse? I don't think so. It seems to be pretty pretty consistent. Yep. It's definitely going to prompt me, I think, once the 75 hard challenge is done, to reevaluate if I'm going to continue doing two-a-day workouts of any kind, what those are going to be. Because I don't think that the two-a-day runs is really helping. I think I'm, no. I think I'm, at, I'm maintaining my threshold of irritation, which Jeff would... It sounds like you're making it worse, too. It's pretty consistent right okay. now. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well... Let's take care of that. Let's take care of you. <laughs> I mean. So, you know, again, don't do what I'm doing here, kids. This is um, definitely not what any any uh, running coach would encourage. But if it were really genuinely hurting, like hurting, hurting, like I thought there was something seriously wrong, I would, of course, stop and immediately go see a doctor. Of course. That's not what this is. This is just some irritation. But I'm just kind of trying to describe what it feels like when yeah. I when I use those terms. But yeah, so that's kind of been my training update. So it's consistent two a day, seven days a week for the last, well, we're, we're on day 62 Two? or 63 as we record this. And it's, yeah, I'm exhausted. Me too. So Same. definitely the, the need for some, some rest days in between workouts, I totally get. And uh, I can't wait to embrace that. Yes. <laughs> I am right there with you. So to the run itself, this week we are, of course, doing another virtual 5K that is uh, brought to us by Metal Chasers. Yay, Christina and Bill, you rock. Yes, now Christina and Bill are, of course, patrons of the show. We're grateful for that, but we actually became Metal Chasers fans. Prior to. Long before they became patrons of the show. Yes. And regardless of that, their their patronage, we would still be doing this Mm -hmm. series and still be talking about them. Totally. As you all know, if you've been listening to us for any length of time, we are completely in the bag for Marvel and Marvel movies. (laughs) The fact that they did several race series previously that were awesome and they are now doing this virtual 5K series based on anti-heroes. Those, those heroes with an edge. The, the ones that maybe think the ends justify the means. means. 
it's just Mm. what a neat, fun, very different series to do. Now, last week we, or the last one that we talked about was from Guardians of the Galaxy. Indeed, Yondu. And that was celebrating Yondu. Mm -hmm. And like we said at the show intro, this week's talks about Blade. Yes. For those who are not familiar, Dana, tell us, who is Blade? Well, Blade is a character from the comics. I think that he goes back to the late 60s or early 70s in Marvel comics, in the actual paper comics and he was initially wielded a weapon his weapon of choice that he wielded was would not to fight mm. vampires uh, and what a lot of people don't know is back in, back in those days of the, the marvel comics they did a lot of horror comics and horror action comics they actually had a series called tomb of dracula they uh, did a lot of things that were more pulpy in a lot of ways and Blade came into being in that environment, plus in the era of, or coming on the heels of the era of the black exploitation films. And he really was a a great vehicle for Marvel to express some of the, the, you know, social issues of the day through this action hero and it's again it's a character that you never in a million years when you if you ever looked at any of the old comics would think is going to translate to film or that they would get a big name star but of course back in the early 2000s they had wesley snipes who was coming off of the amazing successes that he was having in the late 90s and they had him as the, starring as the titular role of Blade. And Amy's double checking me on my date here. I want to say it's like two thousand three. I could be I, I could be a little bit off on my date. You are in the middle of the series. Oh, I'm I'm conflating Blade two. Blade nineteen ninety eight. Blade was ninety eight. Oh, okay. Blade two two thousand two. Blade Trinity two thousand four. Okay. And there you are. There you are. Yeah, and he he was in all three movies, of course, and a lot of people credit him for laying the groundwork for ultimately what turned out to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Really? Oh, and there's enormous discussions about the significance of Blade as a black leading male character Mm. in in a major Marvel blockbuster, uh, predating, of course, Black Panther. Mm. And you know, there's all kinds of big online discussions about it. It's pretty interesting stuff. Huh. Uh, good conversations. But ultimately, the, the character was great in, in the old comics. I still have some of the old Tomb of Dracula stuff. Do you really? I do, yeah. Um, they're not mounted in... They're not. Those are, those are old and they're not in great shape. And TV room no I, I in our tv room i mounted a lot of first editions but i do however have a, a one of the comics on that wall that will pertain to the next one of our metal chasers medals yes. that we're going to do so yeah i i enjoyed blade in the written form and i enjoyed two i actually i enjoyed all three movies i think that the the the, the tr- sequel or the trilogy definitely was came on strong and then faded over time but this is also a character that is getting a reboot with the modern marvel cinematic universe Interesting. and we will be seeing uh blade returning to the big screen in a standalone movie with the role recast mm. 
So that do is. We know who it is. We do. He played the, the gentleman who was cast. Played one of the characters in the Luke Cage Netflix Marvel series. Luke Cage himself? No, no, no. It was one of the other characters, but I, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Let me, let me do some Google foo here. He's doing the Google foo, and I think the last time we talked about this Metal Chasers anti hero series i talked about the little cards that have quotes relating to each anti-hero and And i really like that in terms of because we always talk about the bib we always talk about the metal and i know we haven't talked about how we completed this 5k yet but i really love inside of the whole kit for this particular 5k how, or this whole series actually, how we have a little quote from each anti-hero or anti-hero's movie. And this one says, Blade, Metal Chasers, and then it says, I am a weapon, my life is a war, and everybody knows the war never ends. Very cool. So. I didn't even read that when I was looking at the at the stuff that came in, in this particular metal package yeah and i found it i did some i did some searching around here and this is this is mahershala ali is the Mm -hmm. actor's name and you'll remember him if you watch the luke cage tv series he played he played cornell stokes aka cottonmouth Okay. And that was one I, I really enjoyed the the Netflix Marvel series that they did. I loved Luke Cage. I loved Daredevil. I thought that Jessica Jones was fantastic. It's going to be very interesting to see him reprise this role and see what he brings different to the role. The the early movies are very stylized. They really lean heavily into flashy action choreography and techno music. And I'll be curious to see what kind of an aesthetic the the new direction team and the actor brings to the role. Yeah. So he's great. He's great in everything he does. He he did voice work for Into the Spider-Verse yes. as well. Yes, so. so he's not a stranger to Marvel by any stretch of the amount imagination. <laughs> and you, you can go deep cut if you watched House of Cards. Yes. And he played Remy Denton yeah. on House of Cards. We were just talking about House of Cards the other day and how we're like, did we miss a season? He's, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of skill. Look forward to seeing what he does with the role. Absolutely. So I talked about the card. Yeah. And... Of course, we're going to talk about the bib and the medal. And the associated charity is still, for the entire series, Shriners Hospital for Children. Yeah, we mentioned on the previous episode that instead of doing an individual charity for each race in the series, they're doing a single charity to benefit from the series itself. So whether you buy just a single race or you buy the entire series, all the proceeds that they're raising for the charity are going to that singular charity and a very worthwhile charity. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and we're going to have organization. organization. We're going to have a link to them in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Each time we do a race from this series so that you can find out more about how they support children who might need orthopedic support, who might, who might have a spinal cord injury, who need burn care as well as other conditions. So just they do fantastic work 
and we will link to them in the show notes. So, mm-hmm. our strategy for this 5K, we ran it at home. We did. <laughs> this was this was a, a home, run it in the neighborhood type of event. And ahead of the, we're really, we're doing what? Three different travel weekends in August? Yes, we are. So, this one was at home. And a, a way, a great way to keep us motivated through our training at home ahead of all this travel that we're so excited for in August. Yeah, as we've mentioned the 75 hard challenge and the fact that we're doing so much in terms of two-a-day workouts, having something to keep us motivated has been really helpful. Yeah. And on top of that, this was on a day where we were really not... We, we, we weren't smart podcasters and runners that day because well, we, we slept took in. our sweet time getting out and getting moving. And by the time we did it, it was a feels like, I think, of 104 degrees. That was wrong. And there was not a cloud in the sky. And if anybody's ever watched any of our of our live streams from the neighborhood, they know that we get oh. three feet of shade at a time. Uh, none. There's no shade. <laughs> There's no shade. And that's, so. I was going to say, and that's only if the sun is way in the east or way in the west, because uh, it's basically just palm trees lining our street. I really like it when we do a training run together and we we get out there, we're smart about it, we adjust to the conditions and temperature, and we're together. Yes. I really like that. It's... It gives us a chance to connect. And I think that we haven't spent a whole lot of time on the show talking about talking about what running as a couple does for us. So I think it's very powerful. I would agree. I think that actually is going to be a topic that was going to warrant an entire... Indeed. So... Yeah, we'll have to do that. But I just wanted to say, as an aside, yeah, I just I agree like, completely. It gives that, us a chance to connect and catch up. And I know that you have a different pace generally. If you're going for a PR, it's going to be a different pace from mine, so we don't end up um, on the course together a lot. If that's the goal, and that's that's been been very few races where I've said I'm going to run this for a PR. Oh, I know. You're always with me and I'm always very cognizant of that we complete the races together. I think it's, I love that we do that. Yeah. But during the training, a lot of the time we are separated in terms of work schedule. I was going to say, it's usually, <laughs> it's usually much more about yeah. our work schedule yes. than, than our, the pace so, that we each run our training runs. I at. just really enjoyed the chance to catch up yeah, and to be able to fight through the heat together and, comm- and commiserate together. Yeah. Like I said, 104 to 106 degree uh, heat index while we were out there pounding it out and yeah. it was just super humid. It was brutal. And it was great that it was it was very appropriate given that the the, the title of this is of course the Daywalker 5K because yes. we did this in the middle of the day. And <laughs> I felt like the antagonist there's a scene from the original Blade movie where the antagonist Deacon Frost actually uses a a very powerful sunscreen to be able to go out in the mm. daylight to to confront Blade. And yes. while he's out there, he actually begins sweating. And 
there, there's a comment or a line that the blade says to him says your makeup's running ah. meaning that you, you better get out of the sun before you burst into flames i felt like i was going to burst into flames it was brutally hot very very humid but we ended up pounding it out we got it done and if you can hear anything in the background it's because after amy rang that bell this dog is doing his best to get up in her lap and that's a 90 pound 90 pound lap dog she's gonna have there yes (laughs) he's he he's had a very traumatic day with because along with uh, massive humidity in the summer in florida we also have thunderstorms usually they're in the afternoon today they were all day so as we record he has just been traumatized all All day day. long has it left my side all day yeah because he just does not react well to the weather no i think we hydrated very well for the weather oh we did we we the fact that we're doing this the 75 hard means that we're drinking a gallon of water a day in addition to anything else that we drink and we were drinking water while we were on the course plus mm-hmm. we had each had a second bottle sitting in the driveway for yeah. us so yes. we were very very cognizant of staying mm-hmm. hydrated yeah so we weren't i wasn't really doing it for time we weren't really doing it for time no but we had a nice brisk pace mm mm-hmm. mhm so it wasn't speed work. No. Is the point. Or it wasn't at race pace that we were doing any segments. No, and and we've talked about this in the past, especially when you're talking about doing the Galloway method. Jeff will tell you at temperatures above 60 degrees, you need to start backing off your, of pace. your race pace significantly for every five degrees of temperature. So yeah. it's, it's not smart to go out and go full tilt when you've got that kind of of a heat index we were we were very very smart about it yes it's the strategy for the long run i say in quotations is to cover the distance yep like you've talked about in your couch to 5k program which we did yes now let's talk about the the metal itself and Mm. and the the bib because you like the little cards i think those are a nice touch it's different from previous races we've done at metal chasers that's all i'm saying it is i just i think it's cool but i i think that the the really where they shine is the fact that they go the extra distance again you're getting the tyvek bib yeah you're getting a color coordinated color matched bib along with the full color the yeah full color and you're getting that going along with a metal that is just incredible high quality. And this is a spinner metal. Yes, it's a spinner. It's We were talking about Into the Spider-Verse when we were talking about the the actor that's going to take over the role in the reboot. But I, the there there was a spinning element in the Spider-Man 5K. There was. It, was. it was Spider-Man hanging from a web. Yeah, and this brings back the spinning metal uh, element but in a great and w- a different way i almost think you kind of got to be careful with the spinner don't you it looks pretty dangerous because it's his weapon yes right this, yeah the the background of the metal is actually an homage Sharp. to his tribal tattoos yes that that uh, wesley snipes rendition of blade has in the movie and then you have his throwing blade that he uses because it has a silver silver like bladed boomerang yeah. kind of thing yeah that he so uh, sharp 
uses in a pretty iconic scene in the movie. There are, there are like, there's so much work in this. Yeah, neat detail to it. It actually looks, the way they beveled the edges, it looks like it actually has a sharpened edge, which it doesn't. It has points, but not no sharpened well, yeah. edge. This, no, it can't harm, but it looks like it could. Yes. That's what I'll say. And it has the the distance in the middle of that weapon that's the spinner the that says 5K, and then the, t- the tattoo, the tribal tattoo, as the backdrop for that. And the, the ribbon, I really love the red, and it says Daywalker in white, and just the, the font is... Yeah, you got a nice creepy font. Yeah, so thematic. Yeah, great job on this metal. Very, very cool. Very hefty, very large. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, this thing just screams quality, and yeah. I think that anybody that's, that's into, again, great virtuals, mm-hmm. benefiting a charity, and they want yeah. some cool bling out of it, you're not going to go wrong here. Yeah, for sure. We talked about the need to hydrate. We did, and it's undeniable, but... You have to refuel. You do. Yeah, It makes you hungry. It does. It makes you want a solid post-run meal. And whether you're running in the neighborhood in this Florida heat, or if you're runcationing someplace else... We're going to take you up the road a little bit back to the Orlando area, Mm -hmm. specifically to the resorts near Epcot for our eating segment this week. Because this summer we've talked about places outside the park, Ethos Vegan Kitchen. We have talked about a festival, but we have not talked about resort dining from a plant-based perspective. Absolutely. And I... Just at the start of this year, one of our goals was to provide healthful options, both in recipes and also some healthful options you could have when enjoying a place like Orlando and Walt Disney World. Absolutely. And this is a a resort that's over near Epcot. Mm -hmm. It's right on the the lake where you have the yacht club, the beach club and boardwalk. Mm-hmm. And you also have the the boardwalk itself. So this oh. there's a lot going on in this area and it's adjacent to Epcot. Yeah. And the yacht club we're used to visiting for the Yachtsman Steakhouse, which has not yet reopened. That is still a casualty of the shutdowns for the pandemic. So yeah. we're waiting waiting on word when that is going to reopen. And I hope it does because, and soon, because I just, I love their steak. It's awesome. It is. So great. Pretty fantastic. Their sides are just awesome. But this was a plant-based meal for breakfast. Yes. Or brunch. By the time we got there, it was late morning. Late morning. Late this morning. This was definitely brunch for us. It was brunch, yeah. So we had the breakfast protein bowl. And you have a choice of tofu scramble or plant-based eggs with plant-based sausage, quinoa, sweet potatoes, shard kale, pickled carrots served with a carrot ginger dressing, and chocolate avocado toast. There's so much going on here. Yeah, there are a lot of different components. I like 
And we, we recently featured some food from a local place here in Southwest Florida called Amaze Bowls. Yeah. And what you're starting to see in a lot of places are these, these healthy bowls or themed bowls. Like sometimes it's a fruit bowl. Sometimes it's a poke bowl. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it is a breakfast-themed protein bowl. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a neat idea. I like it. The the bowl is pictured in the episode artwork this week, and I just think it's not everything piled together. No. If it's artfully put in the bowl and segmented, so you can really, the greens have their own place, the sausage, the eggs, the sweet potatoes, and then the dressing and the avocado toast are on the side. So that you can use the dressing as you feel you need it for different components if you want. And the avocado toast was very much like a dessert element to me or a sweet element of brunch to me. Yeah, I need to learn that individual part of the recipe and replicate it. Yeah, and then you need to share it with the Runcation Nation. 100%. But what I like about the bowl, especially in, in this case is it allows you to construct individual bites uh, oh, yeah. and, and combinations where you could have uh, two or more things mm-hmm. in the same bite. And then if you wanted to have it and, and put a little dressing on that bite, you could yeah, or not. It's totally okay. What I loved about it was the fact that you had plant-based options here that would fool you. And again, we've talked about it in the past. I think where a lot of uh, vegetarian and vegan food used to fall down is it would try to approximate the non-plant-based item and it would fall short it, or you wouldn't properly manage expectations like you might call something a, a veggie burger and it tastes nothing like a burger or you might have a tofu item that's mm-hmm. supposed to taste like a, a meat of some sort and it doesn't mm-hmm. they, they've gotten very good at creating some plant-based options for people. Yes. The the plant-based eggs, for instance. Which we both got, because I was so interested in that. We've had tofu a lot. We have. And and depending on its preparation and how it's used, it's quite good. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to try this product because we weren't sure how that was going to go. And the plant-based eggs that they used were fantastic oh what the way they were prepared i would i have really i love a sweet and savory option at breakfast that's i miss buffets yes where you can get an omelet or scrambled eggs or an egg over easy something like that but then you can also get waffles or pancakes or something like that so that you can have the best of both worlds so I was really missing eggs over the 75 hard challenge. And this was a great way to discover having eggs, something like eggs and still being plant-based. Yeah. And this is basically a, I, I believe that it's a, a mung, mung bean, bean. Yeah. product that when it's cooked, it cooks up like scrambled eggs and, yeah. and is absolutely one of those types of foods where you have to do a double take to make sure you got the right thing yeah you could tell in the picture we were very surprised it was so good 
The plant-based sausage, same thing. Companies like Morningstar Farms or mm. Gardein are now producing these plant-based sausages that are delicious. And unless mm. you unless you really saw it being cooked and taken out of the package, you might not know. And then, of course, the other items. I love quinoa anyhow. I think that quinoa is something that we first discovered when we were staying at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge several years ago. They mm. had an on-a-breakfast buffet at i want to say boma maybe is where we were having uh breakfast you're remembering more than i am about our discovery of quinoa and i can eat sweet potatoes anytime mm. you know the wilted chard and kale if you're looking for a little a little green element mm-hmm. pickled carrots yeah. for something tart mm-hmm. and yeah so you brought it up the chocolate avocado yeah toast yeah this sounded so weird and then when they brought it out i'm like this is not what i expected i know they basically made nutella out of of avocados and and dark cocoa powder something and sugar i don't don't know what all they did which is why you need to replicate this recipe so it was like a multi-grain plant-based option for toast and it was fantastic it was so good. And I thought, oh, avocado and chocolate. That's gotten popular in cakes. You see a lot of recipes for, for cakes that involve avocado. It did not taste like avocado. I just want everybody to know it tasted like a Nutella option. Yeah. It wasn't so much hazelnutty as the texture and the chocolate flavor. No, it leaned. It definitely leaned into the dark chocolate flavor. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, texture-wise. So good. Could have been, you could have fooled me. I would have thought this came out of a jar. Oh, so good. And I liked, I liked the ginger dressing for the bowl itself. And we got a side of fruit as well. But I don't think it necessarily needed it if you put together the perfect bite, like a little bit of the greenery, a little bit of the sausage, a little bit of the egg. I would have liked that ginger dressing on a salad. Yeah. I didn't actually need it for anything in the bowl. And I didn't use it a whole lot, but it had a nice flavor to it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like I needed it all that much. And maybe it's good that it came on the side so that you can judge and use accordingly. And I think that's probably why they did it. Mm -hmm. Because it had had that that, sweeter flavor. And ginger is a very potent spice. It's strong. Yeah, it can be strong. And some people can get very turned off by that. Yeah. But I like that it's on the side. I don't think we really needed too, too much of it anywhere. So no. it was really good. It was it was a lot of food for that $17. I was going to say the, the bang for your buck on this was really good. We've spent way more money in a single meal mm-hmm. at some place on property at Disney and gotten way less food. Mm-hmm. This was a really good value. Yes. Which is why it makes the show, because the ones where we don't find the great value or the great flavor, they don't. Exactly. So, And this is something that even if I weren't eating plant-based, mm. I would get again. I would totally get it again. It was that good. I don't know what they... D- I didn't ask how they really prepared the eggs. The eggs. But they were divine. <laughs> And maybe it's because I've missed them over the challenge. I think but you I don't were just think shocked so. that they tasted that good. Yeah, but I don't think so. I don't know. So 
I, yeah, I would get it again. We're going to find out. We're going to be trying some of that in the Run, Eat, Drink podcast test kitchens. Ooh. So, And we're going to be talking a little bit more about some stuff coming out of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast test kitchens in just a, a couple of minutes. But before we go on, mm. we wanted to say thank you so much to all of our patrons who have supported the show and allowed us to get ready to get out of the state and resume, resume travel for the show. I'm so excited that August is finally here and that we, that races are actually going on and even more excited. And it warms my heart that we have put out a podcast that people love so much. They support us as patrons. So, and patrons, your contribution each month continues to allow us to create a great show into 2021 and the back half of it and beyond. Yeah, we've done renovations to our podcast studio. We've bought new equipment, mm-hmm. including new ca- new cameras. Yeah. Uh, we have also just recently added a couple of wireless mics for us to be able to have great audio when we're out recording video in the field. And we're going to be putting those to the test in Anchorage. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And that. that's all because of your generosity. And we currently have three levels of monthly support, $2, yes. $5, and $10. Each of those levels have their own unique perks, and we're going to be adding to that sometime soon. Sometime soon. Patrons get, in its current iteration, our patrons get a special thank you message from us when when joining the Patreon program, the patron program. Insiders get a look behind the scenes, get access to exclusive video footage, access, early access to special interviews before they're released on the podcast feed, cooking demos, and exclusive tastings of recipes of our favorite food and beverage from the Runny Drink Podcast Test Kitchen. Which we just did one uh, for our patrons we did yeah. something celebrating national avocado day yes. and we even did a speaking of avocados yeah and we did a, a, a live patron exclusive live so yeah. that was a lot of fun and we often share with them bonus items from our favorite places in terms of food and beverage that don't make the show the show itself is always going to be free but if you want more runny drink podcast t- content and you want to support us long-term, check us out, patreon.com slash Podcast. Or if you use the Podbean app, tap on the reward button right at the top. It has all the same features, all the same levels mm-hmm. of patronage, yes. and you get all these same perks without having to leave the Podbean ecosystem. Including a special birthday shout-out, and one is coming up for our patron, Roxanne, who's uh-huh. celebrating birthday at the end of this week. So... Happy birthday to you, Roxanne. And as always, we want to thank everyone for your continued support of the Runny Drink Podcast. So let's talk mocktails. Yay! If you're going to have brunch, there are really only two appropriate adult beverages to have with brunch. And one on the savory side, of course, is the Bloody Mary or Bloody Maria. And we have featured Sunday's Bloodies. We have. And talked to Colin and Annie from there and they're quite tasty uh, yes so good and they even have a vegan mix they do yeah but we wanted to put together brunch mocktails that are inspired by the sweeter side 
and also inspired by recipes we found at mixthatdrink.com. Yeah, and I'm lumping in the Bellini into the same family as the mimosa. Yes. I yes. I think that they are if they're sister cocktails, they're at least very close cousins. They're very related. Yes. I feel like they're connected. So you're basically talking about the classic preparation being a combination of orange juice and champagne. Mm-hmm. And this is a a drink that you can customize in terms of strength Mm. certainly in terms of size depending on the vessel that you're serving it in Mm. and flavor by changing the type of sparkling wine that you may be adding to it that is very true champagne or prosecco you could do mm -hmm. so uh, the possibilities are endless and that's just with the orange juice version Mm -hmm. when you start talking about a bellini of course Mm -hmm. bellini is traditionally uh peach nectar or peach puree Mm -hmm. uh, combined with your sparkling wine yeah and i i really like that we were inspired by mixthatdrink.com and then we played with the different parts of the bellini and the discussion on that website is very accurate in that if you have prosecco is very sweet it is very very sweet and typically you would replace that with a sparkling apple cider and that can give a very strong apple flavor that you may or may not want as part of the beverage and there is an alternative Mm -hmm. that a lot of people have probably walked by in their grocery store for years, don't even know it exists. Yeah. And it's something that I discovered as a high schooler. You did? I did. I don't even know that I knew it existed in high school. I did because I'm going to get in the way back machine. Go back, ahead. Back when I was a... a get in the DeLorean. A, a young lad, and I was wanting to have a special date night with a young lady and i i was not old that was en- not me it was not you and i was not old enough to purchase anything alcoholic i did find that you could purchase sparkling grape juice yeah that's actually packaged and bottled in under pressure in a glass bottle that looks just like a wine bottle and there's a sweeter version and then there's a drier version yes and not all are readily available across all grocery stores or markets. But we, so we at our local grocery store got our hands on a sweeter version of the sparkling grape juice. We did. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's usually not in the same section where they keep the wine, Mm-mm. even though it looks like a wine bottle. You'll probably find it in the aisle where they sell fruit juice. Yes. And that's where you found it. I did. Usually top shelf. Yeah. And I like that in this Bellini recipe, we have peach puree, mineral water, and the sparkling grape juice. Because you can play with the combination of the mineral water versus the grape juice to adjust the level of sweetness to your palate. 
Yes. And I, I think especially if you're using the sweeter grape juice, that is even more important. Mm, the mineral water. The mineral is more water. Important, yeah. And by using mineral water, and you could use anything, uh, mineral water or uh, club soda or something as long yeah. as it's got, it's got good effervescence to it, good, good bubbles. Mm-hmm. That's the main goal. And, and the, our recipe is really simple. And this is, the, again, the riff on mixthatdrink.com. Mm-hmm. We use two ounces of peach puree. And we actually got fresh peaches and mm-hmm. and blend, in, blended them. They're in season right now. So, but you could use frozen. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, frozen. Th- this is a perfect cocktail for uh, calling for keeping some frozen peach wedges in your or peach slices in your freezer. Two ounces of peach puree, an ounce of mineral water, and three ounces of sparkling grape juice. Mm. Serve that in a fancy champagne flute. Mm. And this is a great alternative for people like us who right now are not having alcohol. There are also many times where you might have a a family brunch or Mm -hmm. you may have a special occasion where some of the guests may not be able to imbibe in alcohol. You may have somebody with health issues, somebody who's purposely avoiding it, or somebody who who might be pregnant. An expectant mother at a baby shower. Yeah, That's a great alternative. Or a designated driver also a great mm. alternative so i think this one's one of my favorites but i love peaches anyway like i've said in the past i'll eat peaches like a like a apple skin and everything oh yeah so it's good it's especially because they're in season right now they're so flavorful they really are juicy just perfect now for the second riff on mm. on the or version of this of this cocktail that we made we went classic oh mimosa which is using orange juice. And it's half and half for us. It's half orange juice and half of the sparkling grape juice. Yeah. And for this, the only recommendation I could really give is this is probably not the drink for you to get the high pulp orange juice. Otherwise, you end up with a layer of pulp on top of your drink that's not very visually appealing. Mm. Tastes fine, but it just doesn't look great. Yeah, you don't need the pulp. No. You really don't. I mean, look, we're having we're having fomosas here. Fomos. It's not this, this is not the day for for worrying about are you getting enough vitamin C. Just right. saying. So you don't need the extra pulp. <laughs> no. In there. And like you said, you can go half and half with this one. But again, if you've got the sweeter grape juice, you can always play you know, play a little bit with mm. the uh, w- with adding a little bit of sparkling water as well. You were more a fan of the mimosa using grapefruit juice. I never in a million years thought this was going to be the case. This actually... Or I'm sorry, you called it a fomosa. A fomosa. My apologies. I did not expect to like this one (laughs) as much as I did. And again, we ended up riffing on this a little bit where we combine... Three ounces of grapefruit juice. We thin it out a little bit or back off of that tartness that mm-hmm. the grapefruit juice normally has. And yeah. With an ounce of sparkling water. And then top that with two ounces of sparkling grape juice. The interplay of the sweet grape juice and the bitterness and tartness from the grapefruit. Mm. Perfect. And, you know, that that by softening it with the sparkling water, this ended up being my favorite of the three. I and I think, love peaches. 
here is my theory about this. I think the grapefruit version was your favorite because the flavors remind you of one of our favorite beers, Schafferhofer. Schafferhofer being, yes. Grapefruit. That, that, that is a, a very grapefruit forward yeah. Hefeweizen. Yeah, that, that is true. It did remind me of that. So, 100%. Ha. Huh. What'd you think of it? I thought it was great. I was, I, I would have it again, 100%. I was surprised by how much I liked the Fomosa with the orange juice and the sparkling grape juice. I was surprised at how, I thought it would just be sweet on sweet and too much, mm-hmm. but it really highlighted the orange juice flavor, and I like that. And gave it just a little bit of, I love a fizzy drink. I love the bubbly. There's something, especially if it's celebratory, and again, if you're doing brunch, mm-hmm. I think I think it's just a, it's a light, fun, very drinkable type of, of cocktail, or in this case, mocktail. Yes. Or Fomosa. So I, I think that these are just so much fun for you to do on the weekend. And again, yeah. if you're avoiding alcohol, mm-hmm. these are great alternatives. The ingredients are basically all fruit juice and sparkling water. And you yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah. We have a link to mixthatdrink.com in the show notes. Go yeah. check them out. And I believe that we have photos of the drinks. We do. In along the with episode the metal, artwork. Along with the metal from this week's 5K. So check that out and give those a shot. Mm-hmm. Next week. Training updates and possibly a nighttime rate. I think this is going to be the nighttime counterpart to the Daywalker 5K. Mm. And we're so excited about it this week because we are counting down to the end of the 75 Heart Challenge and the beginning of our travel with the very first race that we covered, the Tampa Beer Run. And we're going to be returning to that race, although that day we're not going to be having any of the beer. We will definitely have some great stuff to talk about going along with that race when we cover it on the show, though. It's great to see that race coming back. Two weeks. So, In the meantime, we really appreciate your support in helping us grow the Runcation Nation. We have had tremendous growth on Facebook Mm -hmm. And we cannot thank you guys enough. In the spirit of making this group grow to include more people, please do us a favor and invite and bring a friend to our weekly chat that we have on Wednesday night or one of your daily coffee chats. Yes, which are sometimes afternoon chats if the traffic is is bad in the morning on the way to work but <laughs> yeah, we we start we started doing the wednesday wednesday night beer chats which have morphed recently during the 75 hard challenge mm-hmm. to what we call it the wednesday water chat yes. but the main point is for us to get together hang out and tune out the world for an hour a week have a laugh together and then you hang out and have coffee with mm-hmm. people in the morning over on instagram or tea or whatever beverage you're having it doesn't matter just the camaraderie but please yeah, so please check it out and bring somebody with. Yeah. We would love to meet some new people who are following along. And many of you have already done this, and that is how we have helped to grow. Well, how you, you have helped to grow the Runcation Nation. Yeah, so, not us. It's all you guys. It's all you. 
And so we hope that you'll continue that trend. And if you have not yet brought a friend, bring a friend. Thank you so much for listening this week, for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.